welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Today on the Unicorns, we're featuring Sherlock. It's an Australian mortgage tech company that has saved 15,000 Australians a total of $90 million since launch all by using its AI home loan repricing tool. With the cost of living on the rise and five consecutive interest rate increases, there's never been a more needed time for tech like this. Sherlock uses an AI algorithm to identify borrowers who are no longer on the most competitive interest rates. It contacts the broker who then negotiate a reprice directly with the lender. The customer doesn't have to lift a finger. They will be surprised and delighted to hear their interest rates have been reduced and are now at a competitive rate. The founder and CEO of Sherlock is Adam Grokey, and he joins me now. G'day, Adam. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, really excited to be on here and and sort of tell you, um, you know, our journey so far and and what we're doing for for Australians out there, which is really exciting. Well, it's it's a pleasure having you on. It's a great business. Tell me, where did the idea come from? I was a mortgage broker for about twelve years, and one of the thing that uh, the things that just really frustrated me was that my existing clients and, you know, the longer I was a broker, the more clients I had and the more existing clients I had. And I just realized that, you know, the banks were doing this front book, back book repricing, which is essentially they attract new customer on new customers on these really low interest rates. But then over time, uh, the, my existing customers who essentially were very loyal to these lenders and have been mm. there for, for a long time, weren't being uh, offered these competitive rates and also, um, you know, really uh, weren't able to access those rates. You know, the, the lenders mm. would publish them and say, look, this is for new to bank clients only. And and for me, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, why should why should that loyalty be punished and why should this go unnoticed? And and and, um, mm. and then I started to look for some solutions and I couldn't, re- I couldn't find anything. There was nothing that um, could streamline or solve this in a, a scalable, productive fashion. Um, and then I just thought, look, this is something that I think we can fix programmatically. We can build a, a software solution for this. And, and that's where it all started. And so what year was that? How did you get the whole thing rolling? Yeah, look, it really started with um, this ideation phase, which was re- which is really interesting. Um, you know, when, when you've got this idea and you're like, hey, this doesn't feel right. I think I can change this. I think there's an opportunity here. Um, that probably bubbled away for a couple of years, to be honest, where it was just uh-huh. like, yeah. how am I even going to solve this? How are we going to do it? And am I really, am I serious enough about this to, to have a crack? Um, mm. And because um, it's, it's, a, it's a big step to go from, it is. you know. From broker with a, with a loan book and then going, actually, I'm, gonna, I'm potentially going to be a startup founder <laughs> with, oh, no, with no income. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it completely changes. And look, I'd done, I'd done the startup business before because I started my brokerage and built that to, you know, um, nine, ten people. Um, and and I went through those years where you earn nothing and you just slog, you you know, completely slog it out, flog yourself 
you know, doing 60, mm. 70, 80 hours a week just to get it off the ground. And I'm like, am I really ready for this again? Um, but it just kept eating away at me. And then, and then I thought, look, I'm going to do a bit more research, see um, is this a systemic problem in the industry and are other brokers experiencing this? And then I ended up um, calling a lot of my clients as well and, and just talking to them and sort of getting that feedback from sort of all the key stakeholders and then realised that, look, there's a gap in the market here and I reckon we can address it with my knowledge as a broker. Um, I can really address this and, and provide the industry with with a solution that's going to make the brokers look really good, help them retain their clients mm. you know, mm. for longer and keep those homeowners on competitive rates. And so what year was that? Give us some, uh, give us some context of when, when it actually started and you launched it. So we, we officially... Um, started the three of us full time in January uh, 2021. So what's okay. that? About 18 months ago. 18 months, give or take. And was that was that um, when you when you first sort of got your website going and turned everything on, was that a, a scary or an exciting moment? Look, I think it was um it was re- look, I'm I'm trying to think back uh, and 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 give you a true reflection of it because it's in the middle of COVID too. Yeah, it was definitely exciting. It was, um, it was, I mean, very nervous. Like I'd, I'd left um, being a mortgage broker, I'd left that business. I'd sort of stepped completely away from that. Whenever you step away from something and you try something new, and especially a startup when, you know, technically um, we, we didn't know if, if we could do it. Um, we didn't know if brokers were going to pay for this service. We had to kind of, we had to build, build the solution before we can even get brokers to touch mm. it, file it and test it. So there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of potential that it can do some damage to your ego, can do damage to your confidence. But, um, you know, the team was very focused on, look, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do next. And this is our validation gate and worked really hard to get to that point. And, um, mm. It was um, early on. It's interesting because you're not really that busy when you first start because you've got to do a lot of foundational stuff in your business. So, like, you know, a lot of a lot, a lot of simple decisions. Like, okay, what computers are we using? Are we going Mac? Are we going? There's <laughs> <laughs> like just We're standing up. Are we hot desking? Who are our lawyers? Yeah, we need an accountant. Oh, 100%. There's, there's like, there's a truckload of just foundational building. Like, what's our tech stack? What's, um, how we, you know, when do we need to do things and when's too early and when's not? So, like, simple things like, you know, are we going to use, um, you know, we're going to use Zoom? How are we going to manage diaries? Just real basic things. And even with a small mm. team, just trying to get some of those basic things early. You know, what are we here for? What's our project? What are we focusing on? What don't we do? Um and then I think the, the key thing I learned early on is less is more. Like you really only want to be focusing on what needs to be built to get to our ne- next validation gate and anything mm-hmm. else outside of that. You know, don't plan for being too big now. Don't, you know, you've got to do a little bit of it at the right time. But if you plan too early, you, all you're doing is you're just wasting time on something that's not going to add immediate value. Mm-hmm. Um, and those early months, the, those early years in a startup are, are really critical because that's the high risk. You know, I think it's like 97% of startups in those first couple of years fail. Um, they don't make it. Mm. So it's um, it's really just focusing the team on, okay, well, what's the most important thing here? Get our, um, our platform to beta. 
once we can beat a test and we can use it, we can get that feedback. Well, then the next step is, okay, well, how do we now get revenue and, and turn it on um, so that we can actually generate revenue as a business? So, um, you know, the group, the, the team grew pretty quickly. Um, I think we've now got 15 people. Okay. In 18 months, that's that's good. Yeah, look, it's been good. We're, we're also conscious of not trying to grow too many people because it gets, gets more complicated and I think you lose some speed and agility. Um so even with 15, I mean, we're starting to look at splitting the dev team into into two teams now because, you know, it's um, you know it's bigger and it's almost you know becoming um, I wouldn't say slower because we we move really quickly, but just not as quick as we want. And um, what about funding? It's always a hard decision when you start any business. It's like, how are we going to afford this? So what informed your decision making when it came to funding? <laughs> I think it it just came down to two things. It's um, like if we're going to do this properly, what do we actually need? Um, and then and then it was when I say properly, really comes down to how quickly do we want to build this, right? So because we could mm-hmm. have taken three years to do it part time, all of us as a side hustle. Um, yes, yes. And then it was like, okay, are we going to miss an opportunity, or what happens if we raise? A little bit of capital now that gets us to this next validation gate that means we can all work on it full time and look i would encourage uh, all founders out there the quicker you can get to something full time like you'll move 10 times quicker as a business um, because you uncover uh, potential issues quicker you uncover yes. hurdles yes. you get feedback from your customers heaps quicker um and that feed shortening that loop is something we constantly focus on as a business is you know how can we receive information we then build on that information we push it out for review and get more feedback if that loop if we're doing that part-time as a side hustle that loop could be three four six month loop you know being full-time you know it's potentially a two to three week loop um Mm. so you know, um, what we would have learned as a side hustle in, in six months, we've been able to condense that into two to three weeks and then deploy and change our software based on customer feedback and what we're learning. So, I mean, the quicker any founder can get to full time on their business and a core team that's full time, um, that's really when you will start to see significant changes in your business. So for, for us, it was looking at that and going, well, you know, or for me, it was looking at that and going, okay, I don't want to be, I don't want to be sort of, you know, um, peddling around in three years' time and going, okay, yeah, we've kind of got something ready to go now. It was really around how can we let's do it, hit it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just get straight into it, and 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 to mm. do that, we had to raise capital so we could be full time. Yeah, it's a cool name, Sherlock. S H E R L O K. There's no C there. Who came up with the name? It was, um, we had a terrible name to start with. Um, <laughs> what was it? Uh, it was called Refi Me. Um, okay. And a lot of people just didn't understand it. And, and you know, and we didn't focus on the name for, for ages, right? Because we are just like, oh, well, like it's irrelevant. Whatever. We don't That'll look after that. itself. We'll find <laughs> out. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, okay, we need a better name because no one understands this. It doesn't even align to our product. It just doesn't make sense. And... There was, um, I got one of my advisors who was helping me out with sort of um, target market, um, go to market strategy. Uh, 
I said, look, we need a better name. And he's like, all right, well, what are we going to do? And we went, I went into his office and we tried and we kind of didn't come up with anything. I said, okay, I'm, we're going to do this old school. I'll see you at the pub Friday night. We're going to have a few beers. <laughs> and we put a name. I love it. Um, yeah. And, and literally, I mean, I don't know how many beers we had, but we had a few and we had hundreds of post-it notes on this table in the middle of a pub on a Friday night when the pub was pumping. And we've just got this table yeah. probably two metres long of, of yellow post-it notes with all these names on it. And then we just, we condense them down. And then I think one of the, um, uh, I may have even come up with it, but we're like Sherlock loans. And we both had this giggle and we're like, okay, oh, oh, there's something in that. Um, so we actually started off with Sherlock loans. We dropped the C cause you're a FinTech. You got to be cool and different. So you got to drop a loan. Yes. <laughs> Surprise. There's not like three K's in a silent. Yeah, that's right. And Sherlock was born. Yeah. yeah, Sherlock was born. And then, you know, based on the feedback as well, and this is where startups constantly evolve because the loans part, the brokers and the broker's customers thought we were a lender. Um, mm. So we ended up dropping the loans uh, and just calling ourselves Sherlock. Okay, well, let's tell us, um, tell our listeners what Sherlock does. How does it work? And who is your target market? Yeah, look, I'll, um, I'll start with our mission and then I'll go into our mission and our why, then I'll go into it like our how and what we do. So, I mean, our mission really is to make sure that uh, clients are on competitive rates for the life of their loan and remain with their original broker for the life of their loan. Um, and so uh, we, I truly believe if a broker's helped out in a, uh, a client originally, I mean, there should be no reason that client ever leaves that broker. Um, Correct. So, um, but is it the it's actually quite high how many clients leave their brokers. So uh, what we do is we use artificial intelligence to predict churn. So which clients are likely to leave and which uh, clients are paying uh, an interest rate that is uncompetitive for what they could get in market based on their, mm. um, their yeah. financial situation. Then we just queue up, you know, every week we get the brokers into a weekly rhythm. So here's your list of the next at-risk clients that are going to leave that you should be repricing. Um, they go into Sherlock, they click a button, and those clients are automatically then repriced with the same lender through our platform. So we've automated that process as well. So we save the brokers probably in anywhere between 20 to 35 minutes per reprice, and they probably approve about 10 a week on average. Mm. Um and then when that response comes back, the broker can actually run an instant comparison and entice that client to refinance with another lender if the existing lender hasn't offered a competitive interest rate. So um, so the brokers are really just using our tool to go, well, you know, um, identify which clients are going to leave, lower their rate with the same lender, and then, you know, shift them to a new lender if there's an even cheaper offer in the market. Because that's, I imagine, a, a, big, a big pain point for brokers that the customers, they're not really going to give them a heads up, are they? Really, it's just, by the way, we've gone with another lender, we're off. Whereas this tool can bypass all of that. Absolutely. I mean, one of the key things that we found is that um, there's a huge gap between what brokers think and then what brokers' customers <laughs> think. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, so go on. Yeah, look, you've got these um, you've got these brokers who go, oh my, my client, and I was one of them, right? I'm like, my clients love me. Like, they'll call me. I go to their barbecues. We're we're best mates. And then you talk to the clients. We did independent research, and the clients go, oh yeah, my broker Adam, someone. Oh, I can probably find his email somewhere. But yeah, actually, I haven't heard from him in a long time. 
<laughs> and it's just this huge gap where brokers just, um, you know, in general, just like every single client knows my name, they love me, and they'll always call me. And clients go, actually, I haven't heard from him. I can't even remember who he was, but he was really good at the time, but I can't remember who he is now. And the hard thing is for brokers, like client acquisition, that's the hard thing. So if you've, mm. if you've got a client that's potentially at risk, you want to do everything you can to keep them there, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, I mean, it's not uncommon for brokers to pay referral fees to uh, lead generation sites, to yeah. real estate agents or accountants, to financial planners. And sometimes they're paying fees, you know, they're paying a referral fee of five or $600 per lead. Um, mm. You know, that's significant. Then they've got the processing time. So it costs them about two grand or two and a half grand to actually process that loan to get it through to settlement. And they've got this goldmine of existing clients who they've got all their data on, they've got all their information that if they just retain them and um, they're going to keep, you know, that their trial income for longer because they receive a trial income for the life of the loan. And mm. if they refinance them to another lender, then they get that upfront commission again as well. So uh, there's this huge untapped uh, opportunity within um, a broker's existing book. And, and, and I've said it and I mean, it's, it's the most common probably saying in the industry is that, you know, your trial book or your existing client book is your largest asset, but your laziest asset. Um, mm. And there just hasn't been a good, efficient way for brokers to focus on that and really extract the value until, you know, until we build Sherlock. So who are your customers? Is it, is it purely just brokers? Yeah, we've got um, we've got two customers. Um, so we've got so our uh, target market, our first customer is our brokers. Um, mm -hmm. So our brokers pay us a monthly subscription fee. Um, mm -hmm. We've also got lenders who are using our lender portal because we, um, you know, in uncovering and sort of delivering Sherlock, we found that lenders are also looking for a more streamlined approach to um, retain their clients, you know, their, their clients in the third party channel being the broker channel. And every single lender has a different process and there's majority of the lenders out there are still receiving, you know, retention emails or repricing requests via email. And so we're bringing all of that into a portal that's easy for them to message back to the broker to uh, provide the broker with some comments or alternative solutions. And that's all done within our secure portal, which is a lot better than doing it via email. So Adam, how often should homeowners be looking at their interest rates and their lenders and potentially refinancing? What's, what's the sweet spot here? Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one to put an actual sort of number on it. Um, I mean, the big data is telling us that the average loan life of loan now is about four point seven years. Um, what we say is absolutely you should be um, reviewing your interest rate. You know, every twelve months uh, as, as a minimum. Uh, yes. Now the difference is, you know, we've been in a very flat interest rate cycle until recently, so. Mm. When interest rates move more um, and, and there's more movement on a month by month or, or um, you know, there's a shorter time between each RBA increase or decrease, then you should be probably reviewing your interest rate more frequently. Typically speaking, the lenders won't review your interest rate um, within six months of the last review or refinance. Um, so okay. you want to do a minimum of six months up until about 12 months, depending on how, um, how frequently the, the rates have been moving. And so how how does a how does a borrower know if their broker has access to Sherlock? 
Yeah, look, they probably um, they probably wouldn't know because we're a tool that plugs directly into their CRM system, um, mm. and all the communication that goes to the client is branded as the broker as if the broker's done the work. So Sherlock really, yes. I mean, one of our missions is to make the broker the hero. So the broker takes all the credit. The broker, they have the relationship with the client as well. There's no That's need right. for us to come in and build a relationship with the client. Mm. We're just a tool that sits in the background. So in most cases, um, uh, they they won't even be aware that um, that their broker's actually using Sherlock to automate this mm. process because mm. they just see that the brokers proactively reduce their interest rate by repricing them. And often it's a surprise, you know, hopefully to them that they they weren't in the market or they might have been thinking about it, but often it's it's too much hassle, it takes too long, you've got to be on the phone, and then the broker just turns up and says, by the way, you've now got a, a lower interest rate. Happy days. Look, I, I haven't seen uh, messages come back and forth through our system. And um, uh, I mean, you, you think, I mean, human nature is someone comes to you and says, hey, you don't have to do anything. I've saved you three grand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good message to get, Adam. I mean, I'm hoping I get a few of those. So <laughs> Yes, I'd like one of them. Yeah, so yeah. Um, look, it's, it's really, I mean, you, um, you can just imagine, I mean, it makes people stay. Uh, we're, we're in a an environment of interest rates increasing, cost of living increasing. I mean, in some cases, in most cases, you know, um, stagnation in terms of uh, wages. So, you know, three grand is a lot of money. Um, and that's, mm. um, you, you know, that's, you know, you're not um, being taxed on that. So it's a, it's a significant savings and that's money just straight into the pocket of, uh, of those homeowners, which, which I think is fantastic. And, you know, the, the largest one we have was, uh, about 16, I think it was $16,732 or something like that for a single year savings for a broker's customer just by repricing them. So they didn't even have to switch lenders, which is just, I mean, that sort of money is just like unbelievable. It's a good point you made earlier about the loyalty of some of your customers that they might be with a particular lender for a long time and they ride the wave but because of that loyalty and because they're not agitating they're being penalized that's the reason why you set up the business in the first place yeah that's right and look um in 2020 the ACCC actually published a report called the home loan uh price inquiry and so that actually looked at uh, new customer pricing versus existing customer pricing. And, you know, they factually prove that the longer you stay with the same lender, the higher your interest rate is, which just shows like how systemic this um, this problem is. And it, it doesn't um, it doesn't make any, like I understand why the banks commercially do it because they make, you know, more money off of lazy clients that can't be bothered switching mm. or refinancing is mm. too hard. But I think, you know, the era of open banking starting to get early, you know, early adoption, when that starts moving to a mass adoption phase, transparency is the key to this. You know, it, it's only been, I can't even remember when the iPhones came out, but I don't think it was more than 15 years ago. Before that, you couldn't even get your interest rate. You had no idea what your interest rate was until you went into your branch or you spoke to your branch mm, manager. Correct. Um, now within, you know, within 30 seconds, you can check on your phone and, in most cases, you can check on your phone. I still find it quite hard to find where it is in the app because I'm not sure the banks want you to know yet. But <laughs> yeah, they don't make it easy. 
they don't make it easy, but open banking is, is going to bring this, this new light on it where, you know, you don't need to know what it is. Technology is going to tell you when it's not competitive. And I think that's a, a fundamental change in the way humans are going to interact with their home loan and when they're going to take action. And that's what we're sort of focusing on is, look, what are these nudges that can create better outcomes for consumers and brokers and ultimately lenders if they're going to keep this client? Uh, but rather than taking a reactive approach, doing proactive nudges when there's uh, mm. some benefits to be had. Are you working with any of the big aggregators, the broker aggregators? Yeah, we are. Um, it's been one of the things where we've we pushed our product to market to really um, get it in the hands of brokers early. Um, we knew that that would drive the demand up through the aggregators, but our product and the survival of our product really is being uh, adopted and validated at, um, at aggregator level. And we're very lucky that, I mean, very forward thinking AFG, so Australian Financial Group, um, mm. uh, we've partnered with them and, and uh, we're in the process of rolling out across their brokers Australia-wide, which is just amazing. Um, and um, they've been a huge supporter of us. Uh, in, okay, in the sense good. Of, yeah, they, look, they listened to their brokers. They've been really good. Their brokers demanded the product. They saw it was creating great consumer outcomes. I think, you know, there's some tension around our product from a lender perspective as well, where some lenders are going, well, you know, are we friends with Sherlock? Are we not friends with them? They're taking away our back book margin that we've been building our business on for 100 years. Like, is this a good thing? <laughs> um, ultimately, it's a good thing for the customer. It's a good thing for the broker. And if the lender keeps the client, it's a good thing for them as well. So um, yes. AFG has been hugely supportive in that. Um, and uh, and look, a credit to them and credit to them listening to their brokers and, and being a tech forward aggregator as well, realizing they don't need to build everything. They just need to go, well, these tech companies are the front runners at the moment and our brokers are asking for and it creates great consumer outcomes. So we're going to integrate with them. And, and, that, and that's been really exciting for us. So the product's 18 months old, give or take and it's being used now widely across Australia, is there potential, Adam, for your tech to be used internationally? Yeah, look, there, there absolutely is. There's um, there's definite use cases um, cross-border. Um, it's one of these things where we've got a pretty um, exciting roadmap and journey for what we think we can do for the industry just here in Australia over the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doubt that we our immediate focus is absolutely the Australian market. Um, the reason okay. being is, I mean, it's such a big, such a big industry, the home loan industry within Australia. I mean, there's a two point one trillion dollars worth of outstanding debt in Australia, um, mm. which is just which is a huge. It's a lot number. of zeros. That's that's a lot of zeros. I forget how many zeros that is. Um, but you know, our immediate focus is land grabbing, um, getting market share, cementing our position in the Australian marketplace and using that as a really good testing ground and foundation to then accelerate us into new markets. Um, We've had a lot of interest from uh, New Zealand and also the UK. Um, So Mm. that'll probably be our first markets to expand into. um, But I I can't see us doing that probably in the next couple of years. But after that, absolutely, we'll look into it. What about, um, what else is in the market? Do you have any competitors as such or businesses doing the same sort of thing or are you uh, flying the flag on your own yeah look um there's no one that we know of and we've been trying to keep a pretty close eye on um uh on, on things that might pop up um so i mean i'm, I'm certain someone's going to be out there you know going hey what sherlock's done is pretty cool let's you know let's copy it and they might be doing something quietly in the background to, to compete mm. but but right now we haven't seen um we haven't seen uh anything um our main 
competitors really is um, is just an admin person who's trying to do this manually for a broker, and a broker would be paying you know sixty or seventy k a year for that person here in Australia, or offshoring that for thirty or forty k. Um, yes, but um, but that's an, it's a very I mean it's a very mundane, boring, slow, task orientated process that takes a very long time and and isn't really done with much. Um, intelligence behind it in terms of where to focus your energy um and that's essentially what sherlock does when we predict the reason why we predict who's likely to leave is that's a focus concentrated energy where you're going to get your bang for your buck rather than just trying to do your whole book and it makes it makes sense it makes sense they're the ones that that's where the churn's coming from well that's right yeah i mean if you can just focus on those that are going to leave first um yeah, focus your energy. That's where you're going to get your, your biggest results. I mean, it's the eighty twenty rule, really, um, mm. and that's um, uh, and, and that's been proving true for for all the brokers that are using Sherlock. So um, now, look, we we haven't seen anyone uh, who's doing what we're doing yet, um, but um, but I'm, I'm I'm sure there'll be something that will pop up soon. I mean, if I look in in hindsight, if I knew how complicated and hard it would have been to get to this point. Uh, it's probably a blessing that I didn't know how hard or complicated it would be. <laughs> yeah, nice one. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it's just it's better not knowing what the journey is going to look like because then you might not start. <laughs> okay, so what about the future? Obviously, um, you're a, you're in a space that everyone's talking about. Home loan interest rates are going up, certainly in Australia, and I, I don't think we've seen the peak yet. So what can we expect from Sherlock in the, in the next, say, 12 months to, to 24 months? Yeah, look, our, um, coming back to our, our mission, you know, really our mission is to keep clients on competitive rates uh, and ensure that they stay with their original broker. So if we unpack that, I mean, the, the next phases of our product that we're working on now is, um, you know, right now we focus on repricing as our number one retention tool because if they're on a competitive rate, that significantly reduces the likelihood of that client leaving. Um, we're looking to expand that into, you know, we do single click repricing now, let's do single click refinancing. So I, I truly believe we've got the team and we've got the ability um, uh, and, the, and the smarts to actually automate the refinancing process for mortgage brokers where they can just seamlessly, you know, have a 10 minute conversation with the client, the client clicks a button, the broker clicks a button and the loans, you know, instantly approved and switches across to a new lender. And, and that's going to fundamentally shift the industry. And I think it's going to drive great consumer incomes and the next level of competition within the market. Um, mm. That's probably the biggest one, uh, the biggest product, um, uh, you know, the future that, that we're working on. And we're working on that now, which is really exciting with some lenders. Um, and then also like restructuring uh, with existing lenders as well. So, you know, we reprice with the existing lender to keep the client with the, the same lender if they want to be competitive. I mean, I truly believe that part of retention should always consider restructuring with the same lender. You know, could you switch it to a fixed rate? Um, could you split the loan? And trying to automate that process as well, because right now that process is just really clunky, um, still requires signed forms in many cases and lots of paperwork. Um, and, that, and that's something I think we can get down to. It's a nightmare. Simple call. Yeah. Oh, it, it is a nightmare. It's really for for an existing loan. It's it's a difficult process, and so a lot of the time the brokers look at that and go, "Well, I can spend five hours restructuring this loan, and or I can refinance it, spend almost the same amount of time or a little bit more, and I get paid again." So, 
refinance. <laughs> or, like, it looks I, even I, know what, yes, I know what they're choosing. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, so I think there's the I think there's the ability to um, you know for us to like really shape reshape um, and add a significant value to the you know to the third party um, the mortgage broking industry. Amazing. Adam Grokey, great to catch up with you today and taking us on the journey of Sherlock. And we will be following your progress with much interest over the coming years. Best of luck in the future, Adam, and, and well done on a great business. Thanks for coming on to the show. No, thanks, mate. An absolute pleasure to be on here. And, uh, and thanks for letting me tell our, our story and our journey and something I'm so passionate about. Thank you. Thank you.